I'm Deidre. And I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just an octave below. Just so y'all know, we just wanted to give y'all a little harmony. <laughs> well, it was if just... You, if you keep it in, I don't know if you're going to keep it in. But. I don't know. I mean... It sound pretty good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next voice. <laughs> what? No. The voices of our generation. <laughs> no. I'm not that confident. Anyways. No, me either. Listen, it is what it is. Okay, well... I am. You could definitely win the voice. I could not win the yeah. voice, girl. Shut up. I'm telling Myra. You know what? I don't even have to tell Myra because she'd be listening. Mm-hmm. She'd be listening. That is not true. Don't believe everything you hear on a podcast, y'all. But believe that she could do the voice. No. Okay. So she is the voice. <laughs> she is the. <laughs> oh God. So I'm gonna do haunted Saint Augustine. Ooh, which I feel like we've touched on it a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like yeah, I don't, I mean, don't want to disrespect Robert the doll, but you know he down there somewhere. He's in like he Key Largo or something. <laughs> he can stay on on down, please. Don't we, come for me. But we appreciate you. We we and you're in a very we, nice. We greatly appreciate you <laughs> and all you have done. <laughs> we are proud of you. <laughs> we support. We you. support you. We support please don't you. haunt us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I don't know why this came to my mind, but it is a very haunted town. But it's like one of the oldest cities in America. Well, it was here before. I'm pretty sure St. Augustine was... America? Yeah. Why do I have to say it Pre-America. Like <laughs> Pre... I'm pretty sure. I think it was here. Like, I think the city was established before it was like when it was still like owned by Spain. So America didn't have it yet. I'm scared to say that because I'm like, what if I got that wrong? But I know it's very old. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to talk about in Haunted St. Augustine is Huguenot Cemetery. I hope I say that right. You cannot say that. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot. (laughs) So let's see. This cemetery was originally built for victims of the yellow fever epidemic. So, uh, yeah. what's going on with my voice? Get that frog out of there, girl. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Okay. This, oh, there it went. I can't. <laughs> so, the cemetery has 436 internments and was closed for overcrowding. So, they're like, it's too many people yeah. in here. People visiting the cemetery. People are literally dying to get in there. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> but i that joke never gets old sorry i that joke never dies certain (laughs) certain dark humor gets me tickled so people visiting the cemetery report seeing spirits running into cold spots and mysterious orbs one person known to haunt the cemetery is judge john stickney they say he is stick me Stickney. Oh, I was about to say. Like, pick me. Stickney. Love me. Choose me. 
Um, so they say he is a shadowy apparition in a black hat and is searching for his teeth. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. Now, it says, after passing away from complications from typhoid fever. What's that? Um, it was, I think it was like a bacterial. Oh, okay. Kind of, what um, disease mm-hmm. type thing. Like, have you heard of typhoid Mary? Mm-mm. Like, it's, like, whenever there's, like, sewage Back when, like, people were, like, throwing sewage in the streets, you know, like, mm-hmm. their poop, their pee, yeah. all that. The rat, I feel like the whole thing with that was, like, the rats oh, okay. were eating it and stuff. And getting all and in it. And then they were going in the houses. And it was, like, touching. spreading a bacterial yeah. thing. And it was, like, it would just That's kill so you. disgusting. Yeah. And then the typhoid Mary lady never washed her hands. Ooh. So she would go to the bathroom and then like put her hands in food and she was killing people and she like didn't we'll do typhoid mary it's just a whole thing so after passing away from complications from typhoid his body was returned to saint augustine as he was on a trip to the capital when he passed away so he's like trying to get to you know like dc Um, so once his body was buried, his friend adopted his children and they wanted his body to be exhumed and moved to DC where they would be. So I guess they lived in Washington, DC too, Mm -hmm. or at one point. So they were like, move them. So the man exhuming him left his grave unattended just long enough for two drunk men to take his teeth. The man shipped the body back to his children. So like he had no clue. That he left it long enough. They took his teeth, just stole them, Mm-mm. and then he got shipped, you know, back to D.C. without his teeth. So he's supposed to be running around trying to find trying his to teeth find down his there because he knows where they were last. Yeah. Or so. What yeah. So there's also a 14-year-old girl in the cemetery, and they believe she died after being exposed to yellow fever. Her body was left at the old city gates unclaimed and was buried in a pauper's tomb my goodness she is known to wave to guests she runs into at the cemetery in a flowy white gown so that's very sad like like she died and somebody just they probably couldn't afford to bury her and so they just left her at the gates and yeah that's terrible yeah so she's in like an unmarked grave or something so very sad um so the next one is St. Francis Inn. This is the oldest inn in St. Augustine, so of course it's haunted. Yeah. People staying in the inn have been known to hear sudden loud noises in the night to full-on ghosts in the hallways. Ooh. Yeah, like, it's a little bit of everything going on here. The stories have gone back to 1948 when the inn was remodeled. So there we go. <laughs> and reopened under its current name. People say the ghosts seem friendly or playful. And they're often moving around people's belongings, turning the televisions on and off. Uh huh. Or pulling at people's bed sheets. No, One leave, of our favorites. <laughs> leave the TV alone and leave my sheets alone. <laughs> yes. So some of the hauntings. Well, remember the one, the Georgia hauntings where they flipped the bed? <laughs> yes Yes. like you know so these are a little more these are nice they're not gonna beat anybody with like a fire poker (laughs) okay um 
Yeah, so, but some of the hauntings are more on the creepy end, like whispering in people's ears and feeling cold hands on the stair railings. Mm. Like, I'm so I don't know. They didn't really go into detail on that. Uh-huh. I don't know if that means you're like going up the stairs yeah. and then you bump into something that feels like a hand that's ice that's cold. That's what I was getting. Cause you, yeah, because, you know, when you're walking up steps, a lot of times you got your hand on the rail gliding up it mm-hmm. and like run into something right there you can't see there ain't nothing visual i feel like that would really freak me out like that's that, one that yeah. is like super creepy that you wouldn't even think about yes <laughs> and now it's like this is like oh, worse than something it's, moving it's to me fear. <laughs> um, yeah new fear unlocked i can't touch a, <laughs> i can't touch a railing ever again core memory <laughs> new, new fear <laughs> Okay, so in 1791, the inn was built during the city's second Spanish colonial period and historically known as the Garcia Dume House. Garcia Dume. I can't. (laughs) The house was built by Gaspar Garcia, a sergeant in the 3rd Battalion of the Infantry of Cuba, on a lot that was granted to him by the King of Spain. Yeah, so see this Spain. Yeah. Before now, 1791, obviously, America was already a thing, but Florida wasn't a thing in America. Florida wasn't Florida. I'm glad you know, so cause I, I ain't got a clue. Well, ain't your daddy a history uh-huh. <laughs> Wasn't your father, isn't your father a history teacher? Yep, and he's disappointed just like I am. <laughs> Listen, I don't know much, okay? Listen, but so... In the 1800s, a man named William Hardy was the owner and part-time manager of the inn. He was a military man who rose through the ranks to major general for the Confederacy during the Civil War. He was known to be very strict and no longer had a sense of humor. The legend goes that he invited his nephew to come down for day-to-day operations, you know, just to help him out. Mm -hmm. And his nephew was a little different than him. He was a dreamer and a romantic and wasn't a fan of the Confederacy. So, like, he had a Yankee. It's like how they were feeling about it. Yeah. They're like, he's a Yankee. Like, he, there's no telling. He would just, any kind of derogatory thing. But he was like, I'm not with the Confederacy. I'm not about this life. Okay. So I'm like, go ahead. What was his name? Oh, I don't know his name. Okay. I was like, did I say his name? I wanted to be like, go ahead, Martin. But I don't know his name. Martin. Martin. Okay. This was only one of several topics on which they disagree. So, like, they just not get along, period. Yeah. Uh, things really took a turn when the nephew fell in love with one of the servants, a young slave from Barbados, whose given name was Lily. And I like how they said that, because, you know, she had another name, but then she had to get an American name. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they took everything. They that. took your religion. They took your name. You had to pick a new name. What? Because your names were African names. Mm-hmm. So anytime we tell a story about a slave named Molly or Lily or Sally or whatever. That wasn't their real name. That wasn't their real name, no. That was, it's like. Dang, that just be stripping it all. That's sad. Every, I know. I know. I need to educate myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Listen. I'm uneducated on a lot of stuff. Listen, everyone is uneducated on a lot of stuff. No one can know everything. Um, Yeah, but that's important stuff. I mean, yeah, but it just kind of, I mean, we weren't, I don't remember, I don't know, maybe we did learn it in school. 
I don't know. You know, the whole slavery part kind of gets like, it's like, okay, yeah, it was a bad thing. It happened. We're moving on. (laughs) And I'm like, oh. Um, So, yeah, Lily. So, Lily, we're so just, listen, y'all, just bear with us, okay? It's going to be a long episode because we're just very off topic today. But it's okay. Some people like the banter, I think. Maybe, hopefully. If not, not autumn. <laughs> Girl, she done blew away in the wind. She's That's gone. Good. Autumn leaves, literally. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, y'all. Okay, I'm focusing. So Lily and William's nephew tried to hide the relationship the best they could. You know, it has been dangerous throughout history to be in an interracial relationship, but it would have been extremely dangerous in the South during the war. They'd meet in empty rooms in the inn late at night to spend what little time they could without prying eyes. This would go on for a while, but then one night, William walked in on the couple and he was livid. No one truly knows what happened after this, but some people say Lily was sold to someone and sent away from the inn. Mm. I know. I mean... Because that's all you had to do. You didn't like somebody. You just sell them to somebody else. Just separating families. We can't go into the slavery thing. It's too sad. Okay. So. But there's more evidence that William may have murdered her. So here, here's a murder in the middle of our ghost stories. William's nephew was heartbroken and feeling incredibly guilty about Lily's fate. He took his life by hanging himself in the suite where they would meet. Yeah. You can stay in the suite named Lily's room in her memory. It's it's just so sad. So much the tragedy of it all. It's just a lot. So Lily's room is obviously one of the haunted rooms in the inn. For decades, the employees and guests of the St. Francis Inn have seen things in this room. But Lily isn't the only specter haunting the room. The nephew is there as well. The couple can be seen walking the halls, sneaking around behind closed doors, just like they would when they're alive. Like, how precious is that? So one time, a woman was staying in Lily's room and woke up to the sound of a loud thud. When she turned over, she found her purse laying on the floor. The weirdest thing about the entire incident was that the contents of her purse weren't spilled out laying by the bag. They were scattered violently across the room. Oh, yeah, so it sounded like she heard a loud thud, and it was the purse. But it wasn't just, it was right. everywhere. Yeah. So another woman had a similar experience, finding that someone had messed with her purse. Nothing was out of place or missing, but the purse was filled with water. <gasps> and it wasn't near a sink or a bottle of water. Or a sea. Yeah, <laughs> or a sea. <laughs> no. There wasn't a reasonable explanation for you know, while the purse was filled with water, even if there was a leak, there would be signs in the ceiling. You know, and that's a yeah, that's a heavy leak. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's filled up a purse. So some more unexplained occurrences would be the man who woke up one morning tucked into bed so fiercely he could barely work himself free. Like, th- did you hear that? Tucked into bed so fiercely he couldn't. Like, who... He can barely get free. What? Like somebody has got you. Like, let me tuck you in. The mom and dad say, let me tuck you in. Because you know, there's some parents that be doing that. They tuck in. Yeah, they tuck in hard. You ain't good now. Yeah, no. And he couldn't get out. 
Well, he did, but he could barely work himself free, which is that's scary. weird. It's like, that's a lot of strength. That's a lot of ghost strength. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous that the ghost has that much strength. Mm-hmm. So another woman woke up in the middle of the night by a passionate kiss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when she rolled over. Her Lay it on me. <laughs> Oh, my God. When she rolled over, her husband was asleep. She was like, oh, okay, what are we doing? And then he's knocked out. I would have died. Like, she's like, okay. And then uh, he's asleep. She was probably like, like, ow. (laughs) Ow, right. And then just, and it's like, why is he asleep when he just kissed me? But no. Because he didn't kiss you. Okay, one of the inn's housekeepers was cleaning Lily's room and listening to MTV while she worked. Because, you know, obviously this was back when MTV music played on MTV. (laughs) Okay. So, um, yeah, so she was doing that. Every time she would leave the room and come back, the TV would be turned off. Mm -mm. This, and we know, Chelsea don't like you to mess with the TV. Mm Mm-mm. This happened a couple of times, and each time she would just turn the TV back on. This lady was obviously not afraid of the ghost because I would have been gone. And she would soon find out that no matter how many times she would turn the TV back on, she would return to find it off once again. She joked saying Lily doesn't like MTV. You just going to keep turning it on? I'd be scared that I'd hear like a thump, thump. I'd be scared that if I turned it on and it turned right back off right in front of my eyes, I would, because it's it's right there. Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Very creepy. You know for sure where it's at. Yes. So. Mm -mm. Okay. So the next haunting is the hauntings at Casa de Suenos. Sueños. I'm sorry. De sueños. De sueños. Casa de sueños. Yes. Okay, girl. I don't know what it means, but um, but I know how to say it. Casa means home, right? Yeah, house of. <gasps> but I don't know what sueños means. <laughs> oh, sueños. Sueños. Okay, so originally built as a single family home in 1904, the Casa de Sueños is now a bed and breakfast. In 19, nope, in the 1940s, the Casa was sold by a former cigar factory owner to an undertaker named William McGrath. He converted the building into the Garcia Funeral Home, and it operated for over 20 years. The funeral home was in a very convenient spot for residents, so much so they would walk to the funeral home to plan for their loved ones. Like, you just walk to the funeral home. <laughs> it was like, it's right there. We'll go walk over here to, McGra- to Garcia. Yeah, they're just going, you know, just going right around the, right around the corner. So, so Kathleen Hurley, who remembers visiting the funeral home as a child, went on to transfer transfer transform the home into the bed and breakfast in the 90s after moving back to St. Augustine from New York City. The day she signed the lease, William McGrath passed away as if he knew the house was in good hands so he could move on. How crazy is that? Like buying a house from someone and then they die that same day. So once Kathleen unpacked her things, she stopped for a minute to look over some paperwork. She was sitting on the floor reading these documents when one of the boxes jumped out and jumped la- out, jumped out Mm-mm. and landed next to her. Um, she sat there for a moment and then dismissed what had just happened to her. But little did she know this was just the beginning. During the first week in the house, she started 
to hear straight. I was like, what? She started to her. She started to hear strange sounds, creaks, tapping, footsteps. She also noticed items would disappear, then reappear in random places. She was a skeptic, so she would make rational explanations for all the things that had happened. Mm-hmm. Girl. That is, until another situation that made her change her mind. Um, she had purchased a decorative candle for the casa. And she placed the item, still wrapped, neatly in the package on a table and began to walk away. So, like, she bought it. It's still all wrapped up. Like, you know, when you go to Hobby Lobby and they wrap it all yeah. up <laughs> and all that. Um, when she turned back, the candle came out of the box and landed in front of her. Mm-mm. I guess the ghost was like, no, we up in here and you're going to acknowledge us. Like, you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to explain this away. So, yeah, the candle... She looked back toward the candle, turned around, and the candle was out in front of her. Mm -mm. So no one knows for sure who the ghosts in the casa could be since there were so many bodies throughout the years that came through the house Mm -hmm. because it was a funeral home. So it could be anybody. There are rumors of a ghost named Randolph who is said to make guests feel uneasy as if they're being watched. I don't know what the name Randolph just made me laugh. Oh, I was wondering what you were. Oh, God. Anyway, Kathleen often gets emails with pictures telling her about run-ins with Randolph. (laughs) Randolph (laughs) is most likely not his real name. So that makes me feel better. It could be more than one entity that haunts the home. And they're all lumped into one name. Whew. That was rough. Back in the early 2000s, there was a couple staying at the Centennial House Inn across the street. <laughs> I'm trying so I was hard. hard to, I was trying so hard to hunt it down for you, but I'm making it worse. <laughs> okay. Back in the early 2000s, there was a couple staying at the Centennial House Inn across the street that said they could see two black figures. A man and a woman walking around the parking lot. Turns out where the rear parking lot stands today was the main embalming room of oh. the fu- yeah of the funeral home. Uh-uh. The couple said the figures seem to be completely solid, but darker than they should be, which apparently is how shadow people manifest. The entities seemed like they were looking for something, but vanished after they were spotted. So, like, they weren't even paying attention, and it was like, ooh, Mm -mm. fade away. Okay. So, the Bed and Breakfast is a three-star B&B open for reservations with amenities like a breakfast buffet, free off-street parking, and Wi-Fi. The (laughs) inn is also within walking distance. You started talking so fast for a second. I was like... (laughs) Oh, God. The inn is also within walking distance of other historical sites, including our next haunt. Dun, dun, dun. Da, 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 da. Okay. So the next one is Castillo de San Marcos. So it's the ghosts of the Castillo de San Marcos. So now I'm going to say that word. I'm going to say that again. Castillo de San Marcos, which means Castle of St. Mark. Uh-huh was constructed in 1672 by the Spanish government. It eventually would become the property of the U.S. military. And the fort has a specific star-shaped um, 
kind of layout and was known for housing hundreds of Native American prisoners and European soldiers. Uh So, you know, that's great. Everybody just going to do the Native Americans dirty. It's cool. Okay, so the fort was made from a semi-rare form of limestone called coquina. There are only two forts made from this material in the world, and Castillo de San Marcos is one of them. They believed all the brutality against the Native Americans and other incidents are the reason it's haunted. Uh, The first haunting is from Osceola. Osceola? Maybe Osceola. Um, A Native American leader and member of the Seminole tribe. He was a great chief and managed to avoid capture by the military during the Second Seminole War until 1837 when he was tricked into custody by a false truce and transported to Castillo de San Marcos along with 200 of his men. That's really, wow. that's ratchet. Yeah. How are you going, you going to call a fake truce? Disrespectful. So anyway, he had been in poor health before he was captured due to malaria, tonsillitis and abscesses, which this Ugh. sounds terrible. While he was in captivity, he was treated by a physician named Dr. Whedon, and they became very close. So Osceola and the other Seminoles would be transferred to a fort in South Carolina. When they arrived, the townspeople crowded around the prison as he had become a celebrity. A local painter even convinced him to allow a portrait to be painted, even though he wasn't in the best health or shape. He would die only three months after being captured and sent to South Carolina from an infection in the back of his throat. Okay, so this is where things start to get even more ratchet. Like, he's he's been done dirty a couple yeah. of times, okay? So the doctor and Osceola had remained friends, and the doctor would even visit him in South Carolina. When he died, the doctor would take care of his body for the funeral. Well, right before the funeral, the doctor decided he wanted to keep his head as a souvenir, which was a very common thing back in those times. Like, people would just keep Native American people's heads. It was terrible. Yeah, that is terrible. Yeah. So, he went on to sever his head and wrap the cut with a scarf. Then, after the funeral, he took the head... And some of the belongings the chief was to be buried with as well. So now you're a grave robber. And a body snatcher. Like. So, it's just terrible. He placed the chief's head in a large jar filled with alcohol before bringing it back to St. Augustine. And displaying it in his drugstore. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Visitors often report seeing shadows walking in the fort, and some have witnessed a headless ghost. Other things have happened um, would be drops in temperatures, sudden chills, Uh and hearing disembodied voices. These strange sightings are thought to be the chief, but it could be any of the Native Americans who died in the fort. There's also a shadow man that is seen in the fort as well. In 2018, the CEO and general manager of Ghost City Tours, which is where I get some of these hauntings from, Uh um, was visiting St. Augustine on business. They're both very into ghost hunting, the CEO and the general manager, um, and decided to walk over to the fort to take pictures at night. While they were taking pictures of the top portion of the fort, they saw a shadow figure walking over the drawbridge below. They said he looked to be average height with a build, average height and build with a brisk walk. They thought it was a man, so they waited for him to pass so they could continue taking pictures. But when they didn't 
when the person didn't walk into the fort and no one was in sight, they realized it was a ghost. They said it was the clearest shadow person they'd ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Another haunt is on a smaller level and deals with the smell rather than a sighting. Ugh. Yeah. But it's it's a it's the strong smell of a sweet and flowery perfume. Oh, I yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this smells I like, like poop. It, I I was thinking of a dead body. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe I thought maybe smell that's of what dead it was. bodies. No, um, the strong smell of a sweet and flowery perfume has been noticed on tours and the feeling as if they're being watched. This is believed to be Dolores Marty's perfume um, or Marty's perfume. In the 1700s, a colonel named Garcia Marty and his young wife Dolores arrived in St. Augustine. Garcia wasn't very affectionate and spent most of his time at the fort with the soldiers rather than spending time with his wife. The colonel was assigned a handsome and charming assistant named Captain Manuel Abela. I almost said Abuela, but it's Abela. There's no you. Who would become close to Dolores in her husband's absence? The story goes that one day Captain Abela reported for his daily meeting with the colonel and could smell and the colonel could smell Dolores's perfume on the captain and knew immediately they were having an affair. The next day, Neither Dolores nor Captain Abella could be found and were never seen again. What? Yes. Okay. What is happening? That's crazy. I know. I'm telling you. When people would ask about Dolores, he would say she became ill and she was taken to her aunt's house to recover and would be moving back to Spain to live with family. When asked about Captain Abella, he said he was sent to Cuba on a special assignment. People thought... The stories were odd because Dolores never looked ill and the captain surely wouldn't leave without saying goodbye to his fellow soldiers. But no one questioned him further. So they're just going to they're just going to leave it alone. A local man would later uncover a hidden room in the fort. He was walking around and heard a hollow sound coming from one of the walls. Mm. After removing some bricks, he found the hidden cavity and put his lantern inside. The light would reveal two skeletons chained to the wall. That's when they knew it was the bodies of the missing lovers, Dolores and Captain Abella. The colonel had locked them away and left them to starve in the dark walls of the fort. What? And they didn't, like, smell? Well, they were bricked up. (laughs) Your face. (laughs) Because I'm just like, I can't believe you. You literally look at me like, you idiot. Why would you ask that? No, I'm just looking because I'm like. I'm not saying you're thinking that, but that's. That was your face. You were like, because I'm just like, like, what is this? Crazy. So those were good. I like that. Thank you. I think that was all of them. I'm like, I felt like I had another one, but maybe I didn't. So you can email us your questions or concerns at a million murders at gmail.com. You can go to our Instagram at a million murders and look at the people, places, things. Um, pictures obviously (laughs) (laughs) i forgot to say pictures of um and you can also go to our facebook page or group and check out our content there if if we try to update you you know if we have any delays or whatever but if the episode don't come out and you ain't heard nothing (laughs) just be patient because it's coming but yeah if you ain't seen it 
if the if the episode's not out and you haven't heard anything, like, just know we for just know it's coming and we probably forgot. Oh God. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in, and we hope you come back for a, a million, million more. more. Bye. Bye. <laughs>